This is the Impact Report. I'm your host, Katie Ullman. The Impact Report brings together students and faculty in Bard College's MBA in Sustainability program with leaders in business, sustainability, finance, social entrepreneurship, and more. These conversations go live the first and third Friday of each month. This week, I'm joined by Bard MBA Sven Thiessen, and we're speaking with Casey Gray, founder and CEO of The Conscious Builder. Well, thank you for joining us, Casey. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your company, The Conscious Builder? Uh, what yes. What you do, where you're located, how long you've been in business, that kind of thing, just, just to give us a sense of, of what we're talking about here. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, we're in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. We started the company, or I started the company in 2010. Uh, it was officially under a different name at that point, And we really changed the direction of the company about uh, five years ago. So two years after I officially started the company, I was working for somebody else for about seven years, uh, went off my own. Uh, after that, decided to change the direction of the company, which really started with no finding out that we were pregnant with our first son and all of a sudden your mindset changes and that was really where i guess the conscious builder began was at that point when we started thinking beyond ourselves and really thinking about the future and the legacy we wanted to leave behind okay so you were previously in sort of construction and design uh but not so much focused on on the sustainable element and then your child added that element to it exactly correct? yeah oh, interesting. interesting so i've always been in construction uh i'm a carpenter by trade so this is what i've been doing for a living i've been interested in it my entire life building starting with lego i guess if you think back to when you're a child what you played with most is probably still what you're extremely interested in uh, at this point in your life and that's pretty well where i am at this point okay so one question that people always have about sustainability has to do with, you know, cost and uh, the value of the investment. And do you find that costs are higher when you do sustainable building as opposed to the sort of building you were doing before? Yeah, so I guess uh, to step back a little bit, that word sustainable can be used in many different ways. And to just put a little bit of context to that, the the, that word can mean different things to different people. And personally, I don't think sustainability is achievable if anybody feels like they have to sacrifice for an extended period of time or for an indefinite period of time. So true sustainability is really when we feel like it's a win-win, right? Like like a business deal, right? It's got, it has to be win-win uh, for it to continue moving forward. And uh, the perfect example is is my own home. Uh, obviously, we're living in a passive home. It's certified and solar panels, and we've gone we've done everything uh, the whole nine yards. Uh, but we had a we're on well, and we had a water saving rain shower. And uh, two weeks after moving into the house, I changed it because I want I put enough effort into the rest of the house. I'm going to have my nice big rain shower head, right? And that that was for me. For I wasn't on if I was on city water. I wouldn't have done that, but because I'm unwell, it's a little bit different. So I think that's where we have to put some things into context. So from the cash side of things, in terms of it being more expensive, it is going to be more expensive because there is going to be additional features and work uh, and 
time put into it and time is money, especially in construction when people are putting the work into it. So what we do is expensive to begin with because we are doing custom homes and renovations. So it, it, you can't really compare what we do to the average home that's being built. Uh, but when it comes to custom home, it's, it's not very much of an added cost when you start factoring in the cost savings of the energy, depending on how you're heating and cooling the home and how you live in it and so forth. So we go through this exercise. We're actually going through it with a client right now where they have a baseline. And then what is it going to take to get that home to net zero? And then really you have to look at that, factor that out over the years as well, because energy costs are going to continue to increase. And as they increase, you actually save more and more money every year. And really that's just a bonus because what you end up with is a more comfortable, uh, healthy and healthy home, which you were mentioning before we got on the podcast about uh, asthma and so forth, right? So not only are these homes going to save you money in the long run, but they're going to be healthier for the people who live in them. Yeah. And so that contributes to, the quali- to their quality of life as well. Um, Absolutely. Interesting. So you, you actually sit down with your, your customers and build out sort of the, like a financial projection. Yeah. Uh, if that, if that's what they're needed, if that's what's needed in the, in for them to give themselves that proof that it does make sense financially. Absolutely. And that's why people will come to us is because of our experience and our knowledge in that field. So not everybody needs that. Some people come to us and just say, we want to build to this standard and, or we want to do the renovation to this standard. Uh, but ultimately it's, we'll do whatever the client needs. And like we called it the conscious builder because yes, we want to do sustainable, energy efficient, environmentally friendly homes. But the way, what we see our role as is really educating. So we want to give all the information to the homeowners and so that they can make the conscious decision. Has nothing to do, if they didn't want to do anything that we recommended, ultimately it's up to them. You know, that wouldn't be our choice, but if they hired us and and we signed a contract and then they change their mind and say, we just want to do minimum building code, that's fine. Uh, all I can do is give them the information and then ultimately we work for them and we have, we build, we'll build them whatever they want, whatever their dream is. Okay. So have you had clients who've, who've actually asked you to do that? To go back like to minimum building code, yeah. you mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it hasn't really happened. Like when the people come to us, they're typically coming to us because of our experience. So they're not going to go backwards. They see the value. They've maybe lived in a home like the, the clients that we're working with right now are living in a home that they thought was going to be their forever home, but they're talking about how their basement's cold and there's different cold spots throughout their house. And, uh-huh. and so we're talking, we're going through designs in the new house and they're like, well, the basement's going to be cold. So we want a heated floor. I said, well, if we build it right, we don't have to do that. Um, right. So th- those are the types of things that we can work through. And, and it's really hard to explain, for example, a passive house uh, because it's something you really need to experience. And now that I've lived in one, it's very hard for me to go back into a typical home. And that's actually where my wife and I are right now is because we actually sold our home and we need to be out and we haven't, we want to build again. We're going to build another passive house because we can't go backwards at this point. And, but we're trying to find that perfect lot. So trying to find a home that's like in between where we find the next lot and build again is proving to be very difficult because we're not, uh, it's really hard to be satisfied <laughs> with what's on the market. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you've got high standards in that regard now. Yes. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about favorite projects that you've done? Yeah, 
I don't know if the, I necessarily have a favorite. We've done a lot of interesting projects. Um, obviously, our own home was really the one that kicked everything off in terms of when I really started doing research into passive and and everything to do with building better homes. So obviously, well, I'll never forget this project. Most recently, though, we actually did an NR Can project, which was pretty interesting because it was our first research project that we've done, and we were doing prefabricated, uh, engineered exterior wall panels and the idea is to build these wall panels and put them over top of the exterior of a building without having to do any work on the inside other than removing the windows and then just fixing the the, uh, the jams and the casing around the windows and doors uh, so that was pretty interesting to be a part of that and they're going to be so we did this on a test trailer like those job site trailers where we left all the siding on we just kind of cut the eaves over we put these walls on and we did two different wall assemblies and now NRCAN is going to model them and the moisture and see how they work over the year we did the floor door test and uh we obviously made the building extremely airtight in comparison to what it was before so uh that was a really interesting project to be a part of so i was lucky to we're lucky to be in ottawa because they they do a lot of research here and if you're talking to the right people and looking for the right things, you can actually get involved with quite a bit. So it's a good place to be doing this type of building. Does does that research mean that this is potentially going to get more attention at some point down the road? That that while maybe it's difficult today to explain what passive house means as a standard uh, to, to a regular person, that at some point in the future, more, I guess, Canadians will be familiar with either that standard or some of the standards behind it? Yeah, I'm not sure if passive house will ever become an official standard. Like I did that for my house and the the prefabricated engineer panel wasn't to do with passive, it was just building a more energy efficient home. There passive house is expensive to get the certification. I did it for my own house just because I'm in the business and I can prove that I've done it. It's a it's a marketing tool. It's it's peace of mind for uh, the clients when I say, look, I've actually built a passive house. Here's the proof. We, My guys know what we're doing. They know what to look for. Uh, we hit this consistently. And we've done a few. We've helped three other architects in the city build passive homes as well. And so I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily going to become the new standard, but the building code is getting better and better every year. And then CHBA, the Canadian Home, Home Builders Association, has a new standard out right now uh, called Net Zero Energy. And that I could see being a lot, well, becoming more mainstream because of the fact that there's a lot less cost to actually get the certification. So that could be probably, who knows where the building code, they, they want ultimately the Ontario building code is going to be net zero energy by 2030. So will there need to be any other certifications at that point? I'm guessing no if that's what the building code is. <laughs> now, the, the tricky part is going to be the renovations. So all of those homes that aren't being built brand new, but have to be renovated, what do you force those homeowners to do? So that's that's a sticking point right now. Is if somebody goes to renovate their home, are they going to be forced to bring their 100-year-old house up to a net zero home standard, which is going to be very costly uh, and expensive? And unless there's some incentives, I can see a lot of people not doing renovations because of what they'll have to do on the energy side. Yeah, can I get, actually, out of curiosity, can I get to sort of a gut impression, uh, bringing a 100-year-old house up to up to net zero standard, 
might they as well just build a new house at that point? Exactly. Uh, assuming that that house yeah. isn't in a historic neighborhood, which prevents you from tearing it down. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah, it's, and it, it depends on what they're wanting to do. If they just want to do their kitchen, that's, that's a different story. Right. But usually if they're doing their kitchen, maybe they expose a wall that needs to be insulated. That wall might need to be brought up to minimum building code. There actually some, is something in the building code that's coming out now here in Ontario. So that's, yeah, we'll see what happens with that in the future. <laughs> yeah, And that's the difficult question because then potentially historical neighborhoods lose some of their character. Exactly. It's a balancing act. It's a balancing act. Yeah, and technology gets better and better. And one of the things, obviously, with the way solar panels are going, soon enough we'll be able to put solar panels on a roof and your home will be net zero as long as you're not on any fossil fuels because they'll be so efficient, they'll be so cheap, uh, we'll be able to do net metering and it'll be fine. Now, one of the building standards for net zero here in Canada is that your home needs to be 33% better than minimum building code so that people don't do that. They don't just build a house and then throw as many solar panels as you possibly can to say that it's net zero. So the idea is to actually make the home more comfortable uh, and healthier for the people who live in it, not just energy efficient. <laughs> not just technically like net zero because it's producing a lot of energy. Yeah. And, and the great thing now too with where with all the building science and the knowledge that we have now is that people understand that homes are a system. It's not just one thing. It, it, it's not just your windows or just your furnace or whatever it may be. It's understanding that when you upgrade your windows, it's going to affect how your whole house operates as a system. When you change your furnace, it's going to affect how your whole house operates as a system. Mm -hmm. When you make your home more airtight and so forth. Right. So people are really understanding that now, which is, which is phenomenal. So it sounds like, especially with the uh, new building codes, right? Not just the increasing uh, popularity of, you know, let's say intentionality, so that we're not just using sustainability um, around some of this stuff, uh, but also with these new building codes that you you say will be in place by 2030. Um, it sounds like what you're doing, maybe not at the more extreme end or the more, you know, like your passive house, house, um, but but the energy efficiency, probably also building envelope and that kind of thing, that that is going to be a lot more mainstream. And doesn't that mean that Conscious Builder has basically tremendous growth potential? Oh, absolutely. And we're because we're ahead of the curve, mm -hmm. we're, we're going to have all this knowledge. Like we're, we're building 15 years ahead at this point. So the knowledge that we have is going to go, it puts us ahead of the game when people are forced to do this stuff. Uh, we've already learned... <laughs> figured out what works and what doesn't work. And and I'm when I'm talking about the building code, I'm not sure about building codes everywhere else. Like we deal with in Ontario, obviously. Sure. Uh, and that's fairly similar to the Canadian National Building Code. But Ontario is one of the strictest building codes in the world, from what I understand. And up here, we have both extremes in terms of weather, right? So we have extreme cold and extreme heat, humidity. So it's it's very... You know, a passive home here, for example, if we want to go back to that certification, is very different than a passive home in California. Like a passive home in California is basically minimum building code here in Ontario, almost in terms of insulation and so forth. <laughs> so what I would be interested in hearing is, is you know, when you look forward to the next 15 or 20 years, right, and you're thinking about potentially that massive growth and, and you know, the scale, because uh, you are you know, years ahead of everybody else. Are there, are there any learnings that you can bring to 
where you think you're going, the growth of your operation, maybe you know, leaving aside questions of intentionality behind construction and design, uh, the conscious piece, the sustainability piece, just purely as someone operating a business, are there lessons you've learned even just growing to the point where you're at now that oh, yeah, absolutely. you think will absolutely. be useful going forward when you reach that more massive scale? Yeah, absolutely. I think business, more than anything, is mindset of the leader. And the growing pains that we've had aren't necessarily because of the sustainable aspect or the green or conscious or whatever you want to call the type of building that we're doing, but it's just around business in general. And I was talking to somebody a few weeks ago and I said, oh yeah, they don't, they don't teach you business in carpentry school. And he said, well, they don't really teach you business in business school either. So don't worry about it. That was, he was saying basically a lot of the stuff uh, in theory, and just like when we're modeling homes, in theory or on paper, things look one way, but in reality, when you actually get into it, there's a million different factors at play. And it's it's very important as a leader of a business to have a mindset, a growth mindset, and a problem-solving mindset, and knowing that problems aren't problems, they're actually opportunities, and uh, opportunities to learn, to grow, to improve, whatever it may be, right? Though I think that's the biggest thing for any business. And we have big plans moving forward, not necessarily just for the Conscious Builder, but for another, uh, uh, an actual platform that I'm working on with a partner that I can't speak too much about right now. But we have uh, big growth plans for what we plan for the, the construction industry as a whole. And we're in the process of, of working on that and putting a white paper together. Uh, so there's the biggest thing I've learned is, is mindset. And as a small company, managing cash flow, having the right team, uh, hiring. We have a hiring process right now. So we hire extremely slow. That's been a huge uh, learning curve. Uh, we were up to quite a few guys. We had 15 guys on site at one point and you run into issues because you have the wrong, if you have the wrong people on the bus, uh, they can, you know, one rotten apple can destroy the whole bag, right? Uh, so um, all the typical things that I'm sure every, future entrepreneur or entrepreneur has heard it's true but you almost have to experience sometimes to to believe it and or you don't realize uh, what could cause those problems right even if you know that it could be a problem so that's interesting so you're gonna have to carry that forward you know as we go through these next 10 or 15 years and and what you're doing becomes more and more or continues to become more and more mainstream um, in Ottawa and hopefully around the world yes Casey uh, thank you very much for taking the time this morning. That was really interesting to hear. And I wish you all the best for Conscious Builder going forward. Thank you so much, man. You find yes. the house you're looking for. <laughs> yes. Well, I know I'll be building it eventually. I might just have to do that, use that word sacrifice in the meantime. Visit theconsciousbuilder.com to learn more about the company, their projects, and services. Join us for the next episode of the Impact Report on Friday, April 20th, when we'll be speaking with Sarah Kaus, CEO and founder of Swell. The Bard MBA in Sustainability is one of a select few graduate programs globally that fully integrates sustainability into a core business curriculum. Learn more at mba.bard.edu.